Welcome to Science is Fun E. Hooray, it's finally summer vacation! I wanted to celebrate, but Skipper said no. So, anyway, let's start. Hi, and welcome to Science is Fun E. I'm your host, Private, aka Avery. I'm nine years old and currently in the fourth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, aka Craig, who is a boring old party pooper. I mean, seriously, Skip. Hey, that's not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. <laughs> Skip, I read the other night that the last black rhinoceros died and that rhinos are now extinct. I feel terrible. Doesn't extinct mean that there aren't any more rhinos left in the world? How could this happen and why did this happen? It's so unfair. Hey, 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 slow down, Private. Not all rhinos are gone. However, the species called the African black rhino is. What is a species? A species is a type of living thing. Like, how many different kinds of ants have you seen in your backyard? Well, I've seen red ones, and I've also seen some bigger black ones. Okay, well, they're both ants, right? Yeah, they're definitely all ants, all right. Well, if they're both ants, but are different from each other, then they are of different species. Okay, I kind of get it. So let's do some fact-checking on that story you read about the black rhino and see what really happened. Okay, but I'm still pretty mad. So you fact-checked the story. What did you find out? Okay, only the African black rhino is extinct. And for the last 30 years, scientists were warning that the African black rhino was in danger of going extinct. But by the year 2000, there were only 10 left, and now no one has seen them for over 10 years. I did find out that there are some other kinds of rhinos still alive, but they are all in danger of dying out. What's happening to them? Well, what's happening is greed, money, and ignorance. What do money and ignorance have to do with rhinos? It's their horns. They're valuable to some people. Why are just a stupid horn on their noses? You're right, Private. It is just a stupid horn on their noses. But to some people, that stupid horn is worth a lot of money. Why? What's so good about it? Well, to the rhino, it's pretty good to fight with, and girl rhinos think it's very cool. Yeah, I get that, but why do some people think it's valuable? Okay, in my hand, I have two pieces of green paper. Which one is valuable? Neither. They're just pieces of green paper with a picture and some writing on them. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, you don't really draw very well. <laughs> hey, be kind, be kind. I do my best. Okay, I took one piece of green paper away and put another piece of green paper with writing and a picture on it next to the first one. Now which has value? Well, the one you put next to the first one is a $5 bill, so that one has the value. But private, they're both just green pieces of paper with writing and a picture on them. Why does one have value and the other one doesn't? But one is money, Skipper. Everyone knows that. Yes, but if we look at the things themselves, neither has much value. They're both just green pieces of paper. So, Skip, what does give value to the money? It's something you just said. It's people. People who all agree that this piece of green paper, the $5 bill, has value. And as long as they all agree it has value, then it does. That's it? That's all it takes? What if people stop thinking it has value? What would happen to the money then? Well, then the money would lose its value and we couldn't use it to buy the things we need or want. Smart governments take the value of their money very seriously. They go to great lengths to keep the money as valuable as possible. Hey, why don't they just print a whole lot of money so everyone could be rich and we could buy anything we wanted? That would be so cool. <laughs> well, smart governments wouldn't do that for the same reason that sand isn't valuable. My parents take my sister and I to Cape Cod. There's a lot of sand at the beaches there, but you can't use it to buy anything. Oh yeah, if there's a lot of it, then people won't agree that it's valuable anymore because there's so much of it around. Right, now you get it. 
Some governments try to just print lots and lots of their money, but the result was people just stopped thinking that all that money was very valuable and started to think that it was just a bunch of green paper which it was. So businesses raise the prices for all the things they sold. It's called inflation. In some countries, a loaf of bread ended up costing millions of their dollars, all because there were so many that people stopped believing they were valuable. Millions of dollars for a loaf of bread? Wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> yep, but some governments still haven't learned this lesson, and they continue to try it. But it never works. Today, in Zimbabwe, Africa, 100 million of their dollars is only worth 10 cents of our money. One, that's really cray-cray. And two, what does this have to do with rhinos going extinct? Everything private. Everything. You see, in some countries, people believe that rhino horns are very, very valuable. So, because these people believe they are valuable, other people called poachers hunt down and kill rhinos. Then they cut off their horns and sell them. Why would anyone think a rhino horn was valuable? Why do you think this $5 bill is valuable? Just green paper with writing and a picture on it. Yeah, I guess it's not the thing itself. It's just that all those people have agreed that it's valuable. Right. The horn itself is actually made out of the same proteins as your finger and toenails. Hey, maybe you could sell your toenails to those people and get a lot of green pieces of paper for them. Not funny, Skip. You're right, Private. It's not funny. It's sad that people who are ignorant of this one fact are causing the extinction of an entire species of animal. So rhino are going extinct because people are killing them for something they can get from their own fingers and toes. <sighs> Stupid people. I guess this time I have to agree with you, Private. Exactly. So why do other animals go extinct? Like the dodo bird. I heard that went extinct. <laughs> You're right, it is. So let's do some more research on extinction. I know some cool sites. Just tell me already. Private, the internet is a great place to find good information. But because it's an open system, it can also be a place where people can promote ideas that are not true and verifiable. How can people tell if it's true or not, then? Well, the best way to tell is to ask yourself if the site says things that we know already that they aren't true. Like what? They might say things like, the Earth is flat, or it's only 7,000 years old, or that vaccines are more dangerous than the diseases they prevent, or that a substance diluted in water so much that the substance is not there anymore can cure a disease, or that ghosts, monsters, and magic are real. You can use fact-checking sites, online encyclopedias, or scientific journals to verify that the information you get is true. Okay, let's check it out. Great, let's go to the website www.mammalsociety.org. They've written a very good paper on why animals go extinct. We can read it together and I can help you with some of the more difficult parts. Okay. So now that we've had a chance to read and discuss that article, what do you think? I think that there are a lot of ways animals could go extinct and not all of them are caused by humans. Why do you say that? Because animals and plants were going extinct a long time before humans even existed. The dinosaurs became extinct when a giant meteorite struck the Earth and rapidly changed their environment. The glaciers that came and went over thousands of years caused many animals to go extinct, both when they came down and when they went back. That's true. So how come humans are getting a lot of the blame for animals and plants going extinct today? Because we are to blame for a lot of extinction, Skipper. Humans take land that some animals and plants need to live. Sometimes we overhunt or fish for certain animals like the dodo or the passenger pigeon. Sometimes we've just killed birds for their feathers or animals for their fur or, like the rhino, for their horns. So why should humans even care about these animals and plants anyway? Skip. 
I know that you know why we should care about them, but I'll tell you anyway in case you forgot, because you're old and stuff. Hey, that's not funny, Private. It's kind of funny, Skip. So why should people care? Skip, hundreds of our medicines come from plants, and we haven't studied most of them. Maybe some plants have already gone extinct that cured cancer or some other bad disease. Skip, I read that animals and plants provide diversity to the Earth's ecosystem, but I don't know what that means. Private, we're just now beginning to understand the relationships that exist between living things. But to put it simply, an ecosystem is the many relationships that different animals and plants have with one another. What does that mean, Skip? Well, there are many relationships between different plants and animals and us. Let's just take one example for now. Let's look at the spider. Do you remember the book I used to read to you, Be Kind to Spiders? Yeah, you read it to me a lot, and my mom said you and Chuma read it to her when she was little, too. I remember it's about how spiders were very important to the animals in the zoo. That's right, and spiders are very important to the health of humans, too. It said that humans would go extinct if all the spiders disappeared. Yikes, really? How come? Me and most of my friends really hate spiders. Spiders have gotten a bad rap over the years, but if it wasn't for spiders, the insects would probably take over. Insects eat our food while it's growing in the fields, and when it's harvested, termites eat our homes. Mosquitoes transmit many, many diseases to us and to the animals we need for food. Moths can destroy our clothing. The list goes on and on. The only thing spiders eat is insects. So, as the old Arab saying goes, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Is very appropriate here. You see, our enemy is the insect. Not the spider. The spider is the enemy of our enemy, so it's our friend. Yay, spiders, but they're still pretty creepy. Yeah, I get it. They are. But remember, if a spider is in your house, it's because there are insects in your house that are probably up to no good. The spider is eating them, and by eating them, helping you. Granted, it's not doing it for you. It's just following rule number one, get food. If the spider is in your house, you can use a broom to put it outside, but try not to kill it. My friend told me that if you kill a spider, it's going to rain. So what do you think about that? Do you think that the weather is determined by the life of a single spider on the ground? Well, when you put it that way, I don't. Tell me another relationship. How about the big bad wolf and the cute little bunny rabbit? I love bunnies. And wolves are creepy and bad. They eat the bunnies. Wrong. The bunny is your enemy and the wolf is your friend. What? No, that can't be right. Bunnies are cute. Wolves are violent. <laughs> Sorry, but it is true. Do you remember the story of Peter Rabbit? Uh, yeah. He got into Farmer McGregor's garden. Yep. Farmer McGregor was growing that food for his family so they wouldn't starve during the winter. Back then, there were no grocery stores he could go to when he and his children got hungry. Rabbits who could get at those plants would eat the food meant to keep the McGregors alive. Wolves, on the other hand, ate the rabbits. So the wolves are the enemy of his enemy, which are the rabbits. So the wolves are his friend. I get it, but I still think bunnies are cute. <laughs> you wouldn't if they ate all your food and you were hungry. Yeah, I guess. But what if the wolves ate all the bunnies? Then the wolves themselves would starve if they couldn't find something else to eat. So it's important that the animals don't eat all the food in a certain area. Right. Most relationships are not as simple as wolves and rabbits. Most are very complicated and involve many, many different living things. Sometimes it's hard to understand how a change in the climate or even a small change in the numbers of one living thing can affect many of the other animals in an area. I think people should be careful of how they change things if they don't know how it will affect all the animals and plants in the area. You got that right, Private. Remember, though, that change is going to happen. People need to make sure they don't cause change so fast that plants and animals can adapt to them. But people need places to live, too. 
Right, but people can build and create places that don't cause other animals and plants to cease to exist. We can manage areas and resources so both we and them can coexist together. How can we do that? By studying and learning about the relationships between the plants and animals, the ecology of an area we want to build in, so we could have a good idea of how to build, farm, hunt, and fish responsibly. Yay, science! Yay, ecologists! <laughs> you got that right, Private. <laughs> Of course I do. Hey, science is funny listeners. Private and I are having a special promotion to encourage you to send in topics for us to discuss. So send in your suggestions to topics at scienceisfunny.com. And if we choose your topic, we will send you a t-shirt with the Science is Funny logo on it. Quantities are limited, so get those suggestions in fast. That's our podcast for this week. Come back next week for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget our website at www.scienceisfune.com or listen on iTunes, Google Music, Podbean, or just search for Science is Fun E in your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at sciencesfune.com. You can email me at private at sciencesfune.com. Or skipper at sciencesfune.com. I'm Private, a.k.a. Avery, hoping you have a great week. TTYL!